0: It's weird to say it. This. <laughs> this is uh, the afterbus TV Scandal After Show, Season Three, Episode Six. This episode was titled Icarus. Once again, I am your host, Stephen Jr., and I'm joined here with three amazing gladiators, as always, week by week. Starting with,
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cannelia. Hi, I'm Sophia Stanley.
0: Hey, I'm Ericson. All right, guys, and we're gonna get right into it. What did you guys think of this episode?
2: I was glad that they touched on uh, finally some backstory with Harrison, Um, you know, because he, you know, he kind of got the short end of the stick for, uh, you know, quite some time. So I'm glad that we were starting to see what his life is all about. Right. Uh, Go ahead.
3: I I totally agree. Uh, You know, as much as I I do make theories about Harrison's character, you know, he is the second top bill. It's Kerry Washington, Columbus short. Um, So I feel he should have more.
1: Um, I'm going to be the naysayer. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that Cyrus's comment that it was a Greek tragedy was so on point. Um, I definitely feel like it's becoming a Greek tragedy, if not a telenovela. It's almost that it's like anything that you think is way out there is going to happen. It's like not only is Olivia not having an affair or having an affair with the president, she then sleeps with the president's best friend who possibly is the only one who knows really what happened. And what happened is that he possibly killed her mom who may or may not be alive. And the wife knows that they're having an affair but wants her to have an affair so that she can win the presidency so she can be the president. And then the vice president is plotting against and blah, 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 blah
3: um it's it's good night time it's a good night it's a good night time uh, soap so, opera yeah. right
1: but if you really think about it again that's greek tragedy and if not greek I'll even go and that's shakespeare like I think that we put a hoity-toity kind of flair on Shakespeare, but Shakespeare is just sex and violence and sabotage and selfishness, mm. and that's kind of what I was seeing here in a weird way. Even though we got backstories, I feel like that's everyone was driven by their own desire, which is very again Greek tragedy.
0: Well, let's start with uh, with. The campaigns. We have multiple campaigns happening here. We have Fitz, um, running for, or planning his reelection campaign. We have Sally, who's trying to run against Fitz behind his back with the Tea Party. And then we have, uh, Josie Marcus, who Olivia signs on as a client. But before she did that, um, cause in the last episode, Melly, Melly kind of basically pleaded to Olivia to join this campaign. And so she finally comes to the office. And of course, Melly thought that her plan was going to work but it was olivia coming to talk to fitz which we'll talk about later when we talk about remington um but it was the moment after she left the office when <laughs> Mellie was so pissed because the plan didn't work like i haven't seen her so upset and devastated like she is. she
1: said i rolled up your whore in a rug and put her at your feet
0: well now we know she wasn't genuine last week <laughs> remember your question no that? but i think
1: she was she was she was genuine for the sake of the campaign. Do, do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's why she said it. She's like, I begged, I bled for her. Do you know what I mean? Like, meaning she was really a team player. So she was willing to do what Melly would otherwise not do in sake of the campaign. And she basically was like, Fitz, as always, you were un unable to quote unquote seal the deal, if you know where I'm going. <laughs> no, but that's, she was emasculating him. Yeah. Like, her whole posture, her demeanor, the way that she leans into him sometimes is emasculating. Like, she's saying, Do I have to do everything?
3: Which is her theme? I just think it's hilarious how Melly calls her a whore every chance <laughs> she gets, and you corrected me on she's not really a whore; she's uh, she's an adulterer. But I just I think it's a hilarious how I'm sorry I didn't, I didn't did I? Sorry I called you out. Sorry. No, it's uh, okay. <laughs>
0: Sometimes
3: I, we talk off camera. Yeah. But I called her a whore before, but no, she's not a whore. She's a, a daughter. But I just think it's hilarious how, how Melly every
0: chance that she gets, I guess maybe it makes her feel good. Well, I'll touch on that later. But what do we think about Sally, though, who um, ended... Remember I said a couple of weeks ago how, you know, when you don't include somebody or somebody's voice isn't being heard, they're going to fall to the wayside and find a place where their voice can be heard. So Sally is trying to make that happen with her campaign that she's trying to do behind Fitz back. So she has a new campaign manager that turned Fitz down, and she's saying, you know, he's talking to her, and, and she's trying to give her two cents. He basically shuts her down and lets her know what she needs to do. And one of the options is to go through the churches and say that it's for, you know, uh, fixing what Fitz has done and not, his penis problems as he like to put it and instead she can put her agenda in there and pretty much push her campaign through the reverend and get that whole that whole side um i didn't know and i want to know if you guys knew this you know we saw that and we'll touch on the dinner but after she did actually meet with the reverend we saw that the reverend talked to cyrus did you guys know that he was involved in the whole thing
2: no i didn't
1: mm-hmm.
2: not at all and to me it kind of puts sally back at one it's like okay sally sally's been scratching trying to scratch her way (laughs) to the top since season one when she was running against Fitz for the nomination and now she's like yeah i got a plan i got my new fancy campaign manager we're gonna you know we're out on this this bid to try to you know on this takeover bid and cyrus is in the dude's back pocket the whole time (laughs) sally like she she
1: can't catch a break I didn't see it coming, but there were two things after it was revealed, kind of, well, one during and one after the fact. So, question, were they meeting in the White House, her and Leo? I or
0: don't Or were they meeting at so. right? her house? It looked like okay, it was her, her house, because it was a different oh, exterior okay. shot. Yeah. all right, then
1: that makes sense. But to me, when she referred to Josie as um, a former teenage whore... So, doesn't that possibly refer to her daughter? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, do you know what I mean? Like, there's a a hypocrisy with Sally, right? And especially, I think, that... She had an opportunity to actually do what she did without being underhanded. She actually could have played up to the tea party, right, and basically been the moral right, been the moral compass. Then she could have possibly suggested to Fitz to have some kind of a, um, uh, like a, um, a nation's prayer, or that you know we need to bring prayer back into the schools with the pledge of allegiance. Some things. I'm just kind of going somewhere where they could have had a platform that brought church or religion in its broader scope back into the home, right? So then she would have set herself up that Fitz would get elected, and it's more likely for her to become president from being vice president after he has a successful second term rather than you think you're going to undercut him. Nobody even knows who you are, right? As well as the fact that her husband Mm -hmm. issue is a huge issue because – He's a flanderer. The same thing that you're running against, your husband does, right? And then that makes you cold. No one wants, like, a cold female president. Maybe you do. I'm talking on both sides of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last thing that I kind of didn't understand, so her husband's name is Daniel Douglas? Yes. So how is she Sally Langston? Right. Doesn't, and 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 I know that obviously you can be. Religious and forward thinking but doesn't that seem weird that she doesn't have her husband's last name.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least there's no like Hillary Rodney, Cl- Rodney There's Clinton. no hyphen There's no hyphen
1: that right that just that and, seemed weird that seems like they're two detached <laughs> individuals Like literally and figuratively and
0: just like you're questioning that the voters would think the same thing And then when they see them together, there's something wrong there It's a disconnect but Sally has always been one of those Bible thumpers who loves to throw rocks
3: and hide her hands she's very religious and hallelujah upstanding and she's very into the word but she's a conniving witch and she's always been she's she always does underhanded things yet she always throws a religion so she's always been like that
0: what do you guys think about the dinner though because uh, remember it was funny like the conversation that Melly and Fitz had right before where she was saying oh I gotta deal with them and then once Fitz told her you know well her husband has a wandering eye, oh, so we have something in common then and then throughout the whole dinner Melly and but did you get but do, do you get why he why Fitz said that oh yeah of course yeah. okay yeah
3: yeah because he wanted he wanted he was tell Fitz was telling Melly that because he needs now Melly to work her magic on to the husband to to get Sally's,
1: but I don't think that Fitz well, was aware of the. Plan. Oh yeah, I didn't
0: think I didn't think I it didn't was think going that, that Fitt, way. I didn't
1: think that Fitz was aware of the fact that Sally was trying to undercut him. I think I it was, it was only... just
0: that yeah, she was felt she was going to feel uncomfortable because they like she said they were going to be all lovey dovey and so perfect and stuff. When he was saying no, they're not. They're kind of like us. I took it as although Fitz didn't know what Sally's
3: motive was. Well, I don't.
2: I took it as Fitz didn't know what Sally's motive was, but Fitz knows that him and Sally, their relationships are on level playing fields. So I think to me, it felt like he was giving Melly that information so she She can can, so she can feel like they're on level playing fields and act accordingly, right? Instead of like you know trying to act like trying to like raise them up like they're this high and mighty couple,
0: and then try to match that level because she would have gone in there with a certain uh, a certain matter about herself trying to act like oh Fitz I love you so much and all these different things so now she could just drop the act and flirt with the husband yeah Yeah,
1: but actually I think that the flirting with the husband was strategic because she's now poking Sally because she knows what Sally's gonna do and she knows she's gonna bring it up later
3: which is why I thought Fitz brought it to Melly's attention so that she can Hmm. do that Hmm. The only
1: reason I think not is because going back a step is that when when um, Cyrus came into the Oval after uh, Olivia had left, and he was like, "You seem really calm like Olivia knows about Remington and she's not working on the campaign and he's like, yeah, I got it handled." So it leads me to believe that he's well, I don't know. I, I don't know I, I'm stopping in so
0: theories. yeah, we'll
3: see. but mm-hmm. I, I do think that Sally has not thought everything over as far as what she's getting herself into. Well,
0: of course not, because even though she has this great campaign manager, when you're running against the most powerful man in the United States, the president of the United States, you have to realize that there's so many ears in Washington. There's no way he's not going to know what's going on behind his back. And that's why he has these people in place so they can figure that out. So he's going to know who's trying to secretly run against him. And then the fact that she's his vice president, he's going to find this out. I mean, she's doing a a great, admirable job, but there's just...
1: And to me, I thought she overplayed her hand. She shouldn't have had to have told whoever that gentleman was. Is he a pastor or is he just a political commentator? He was a, he's a pastor, yeah. Okay. The fact that she had to say it says everything. She should have been able to lead him. She, she didn't massage him. Think about it. Fits and, and, and in politics, like you don't just come out and say something. You actually lead someone so that it's their idea. Like, she should have basically been like, oh, well, let's discuss this, right? Like, let's figure out who would be the the, the possible, you know, candidates. And then he should have said, you should wouldn't run. it be great if you could run? That's when you have someone. Yeah. She didn't. Because even when she said it, he kind of paused like, I
0: right. Well, I don't think her campaign is going to last very long. I think it's just slowly fading away. But we have this Josie Marcus character who everybody didn't necessarily love last week. Is she growing on you now or? No.
3: No.
1: Nah. <laughs> No. I'll, I'll say why. I think that there's a naivete about her that I do like because I think it is refreshing. So, for instance, I think that there's a lot of the political rhetoric like, are you prepared? Are you, you know what I mean? Can you be president? Nobody knows if you can be president until you're president. Like, let like, get over yourselves, people. Like, people come from so many different backgrounds. Some people have military service. Some people don't. However, in that same breath, she's so naive. It's literally like, are you kidding me? Like, when her daughter, campaign manager, is like, oh, we have $6 million. Six,
0: You're running for president. $6
1: million can't even buy you a house in, like, across the street from, you know what I mean? Like, I'm being rude. But I'm I'm just saying, it's like that they're so naive. And again, it's like, they, she's like, oh, well, I've won public office. Yeah, in Montana. And I don't mean any disrespect to Montana, but being a congressperson in a state that does is isn't a swing state, and maybe it is, maybe it isn't versus being the president of the United States of America and winning all the states, it's completely different. And I think that she's so just learning that you can't calculate that, and that's not necessarily good for strategy, not being able to calculate what someone's going to do or what their next move is going to be.
3: She went, She wanted Olivia and the Pope Associates to represent her. You clearly have to know who you're going to work for and vet. Something just does not make sense. Either her character is an idiot, or why would you pick the best person to help you become president, but you're not willing to do certain things and to uh, all of the like? She just did not listen. She was she was yelling. She was just being rude. She didn't want to listen to certain things, and I I don't get, I don't understand her at all. It's
2: like she lives in a bubble. So. Think about it like this. This is how I, I kind of take her. It's like that kid before they move to the big city.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They, you know, they're what they. What happens in their town is what it is. They maybe they're the most popular person. This is how I, you know, I pull rank. I was this. I was that. X Y and the third. And you come to L.A. or New York, and you just the small fry. But because you were so popular, or because you kind of ran things back in your own little world. You're not ready to accept how it really is in the big city. You're saying, "Well, I made it work there; I can make it work here." You're trying to change the system, and with the thing with Josie, it seems like she's trying to change a system that she can't change. Like it's kind of like for me, if you want to run for office, cool, run for office. But when you're running for president, that's the big leagues. You gotta play. You gotta play the game. You don't have to be dirty, but you at least have to know what the game is Mm -hmm. and make adjustments however accordingly to make to tailor it to who you are she seems like she don't even want to listen at all
3: and also her sister candy like i feel there's some kind of tension between candy and abby of course i think that's something that uh, they're going to come to blows with that but i just think that the two of them together um doesn't work
2: well abby seems like she's in love with josie She like the way she like even when Josie had the little temper and she had the temper tantrum, Olivia was like dumbfounded like, did she just throw a temper tantrum? And and deep down, Abby was low key like, like she kind of was like she likes Josie. She's infatuated with her. And she
3: has a she does have a, a temper tantrum or she has an attitude or like like anger issues or something. You could tell like when her buttons are pushed, she obviously can really bring it. And so. I don't know. Do you think My that- problem
0: with Josie is that I don't like somebody who's hot and cold. It's like another analogy is you don't want somebody to help you for a test and then they help you and you pass. Oh my God, thank you so much. And then the next test, you do the same thing you did before when you were failing and nothing's changed and then you want that person to help you again. So it's like, remember when she needed help with the debate, <clears throat> Olivia helped her, but she didn't want to use her help at first. Once the debate was successful. Oh, thank you so much, Olivia. Then she hires Olivia on as a campaign manager. She's trying to tell Olivia what she needs to do or Olivia's trying to tell her what to do as far as raising funding and all these things. She doesn't want to listen. And then once she starts trying to get this big money, and it's working. Oh, that's working. Thank you so much, Olivia. Then Olivia tries to prep her for the interview. Same thing. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to listen to you. And then Olivia has to push her buttons to make her do what she wanted her to do. I just, if you hired me, listen to me.
2: It sounds hey, like she's Fitz, though. Because that's what Fitz was kind of like before. Sorry to cut you off, Sophia. Remember when Fitz, when Olivia first walked in and introduced herself to Fitz, she told Fitz what it was, her opinion. Fitz shut her down. He didn't want to listen. Later on, he was like, you know what? You're right. You're hired. She had to come at him one on one before the debate in the room when he had his own thing. He had an attitude. He knew what knew what the plan was. She had to come straight at him and say, this is what it what is going to be. And eventually he was like, you know what? You're right. She is, to me. The girl fits. Fits. Wants to, he has this idea of how he wanted his presidency to be. He wants to be the good guy. He doesn't want to really play the dirty fight. He didn't want to really do it, but eventually he's just gotten pulled along and that's just the game that he has to play. So to me, she's the female fits mm-hmm. minus not having a backbone. Because he didn't get a backbone until. Season
3: episode one of season three. I just quickly speaking of hot and cold. That's how I feel about Olivia because because she didn't get the information that she wanted to get. Now she wants to jump back on the other side, and now she wants to help Josie. And Olivia is more hot and cold than anyone else. And I think again she's a shady Shaniqua for what she did because <laughs> now she's going back to the other side because she's mad at 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 um at Fitz because of some information that he can't divulge. Like Olivia, get over yourself.
2: But, I mean, real quick, she really couldn't have went back and worked the campaign for Feds. For the sake of her reputation and for what happened when her name was out there for like a week or so, she can't risk being in the same vicinity as him on a full campaign and have people watching her 24 interact seven. with him 24-7 and to come out this on the other end untouched. It wouldn't have happened.
1: She couldn't She couldn't have done that. It would have been a bad move. And and jumping forward um, on purpose, the way when he, at the end of the episode, comes to her apartment and says, like, you know, join me back on the trail. We can try this again. Like, let's go back to being us. Hmm. Are you kidding me? And not to quote Rowan, but when Rowan says, let's leave the past in the past, like, you can't recreate the past. Hmm. Like, we can only move forward. So it would have been different if Fitz had said... You know, our secret is finally out. So it was out there for a second, right? So now we actually don't need to hide because now it's already out there. Any, anything that someone says, I'm going to literally use exactly what you said but take it from a different angle, nothing can be used against them. If she's like, oh, my God, that was so funny, we've already, what, you're going to say we're sleeping together again? Already been there, done that, wasn't true, right? But that's not what they're trying to do. So, And I take it one step further in the same point that I agree with Bam in the same point that – she uses her influence in the White House and there is a conflict of interest. Yes, she can do whatever she wants, but it's like you're going to directly go against what you just built. Like, that was your, the foundation of your legacy. Like, people know you because you put fits in the White House and then you worked at the White House and you left on your own terms and now you're going to turn around and work directly against him. My thing is this. Then you have to win. Right? The fact that they haven't brought up the daughter again really troubles me. So, you really think that this woman is potentially going to be a viable candidate and no one's going to go looking for the daughter? And they're not breaking up the daughter. Do you know what I'm trying to say? The daughter is right there in the campaign. So, it means she lied. It's one thing once. You know what I mean? The information came out. She was truthful. But now we're going to find out that she didn't give the child up for adoption. And it's really her sister-daughter campaign person right there. And we're not dealing with it?
3: Which what? furthermore They're getting says, sloppy. Yeah, totally getting sloppy. And that's a reason why Shady Shaniqua, a.k.a. <laughs> Olivia, should not do it. Because I don't think she can win. But just a side note before we move on. I thought she laid into... I thought Josie laid into um, James... Oh, that was just sad. James wasn't ready. J- he was wasn't ready, sad. poor thing. But um, we are ready to move on to Harrison, right? Yeah, we definitely right. talk about that James thing online
0: because she, she she ripped take... him a new one. Like...
1: And it was an am- it was a great point.
0: Yeah, completely. And um, so
1: timely. Shonda yeah. knows what she's doing.
0: But speaking of James, let's talk mm-hmm. about Cyrus. So Cyrus, even furthermore, we talked about how uh, Olivia shouldn't be taking Fitz's campaign or even Josie's campaign, but. We know that money is a factor, and Harrison and the other associates are pushing. They need to stay out of that hole that they're in, so they need Josie's support and her money. And so you know, Harrison, this episode, was really pushing um, at the beginning, saying that we need this, we need this, and putting that pressure on them. Um, at the same time, Cyrus is trying to work together with Harrison again to get Olivia to come back to uh, the campaign and get rid of Josie, which we saw wasn't going to happen, and Harrison tried to talk down. But then we get introduced to... If anybody has the name. At Non Salif. At non Salif, who Cyrus so gently says has put an application for a visa.
1: And 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 I tried to quickly um, go online, so <clears throat> gladiators, if I get this wrong, um I apologize. It's an inadmissible inadmissibility visa. I think I'm saying that wrong. But basically, in essence, what it means is Obviously, there are certain people who can't come into the country. Usually, one of those is, obviously, we don't want to give visas to criminals, right? Um, Anand Salif, if everyone remembers in Harrison's backstory, um, Harrison, remember, used to sell luxury cars. Then he got involved in insider trading, was very successful, made a lot of money, but then they got caught. And then Harrison went to jail for three days, and Olivia saved him, right? I'm presuming he must have rolled over. On Adnan, because that's why he's so scared. Because there's one thing: if you guys basically you get caught and you go to jail, like okay, cool, he went to jail; it's not a big deal. But to me, the fear in Harrison—I've never seen Harrison afraid like that.
0: Mm
1: -mm. It must have been that Harrison rolled over. Yeah.
0: Well, when he approached, (laughs) approached when he approached Huck and he said, "You know, I I need a favor," and he was like giving his plea and stuff, and then Huck said that he can um, erase his application. Mm Do you think that was naive to think that Cyrus wouldn't figure out another way to for him because he was bold when he went back to Cyrus's office? But I think I
1: don't think that was bold. I think that was stupid. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, again, everyone's making these big moves without power behind it. Why don't you just pick up the phone? Why don't you just not say anything? Do you know what I mean? Because Cyrus would have thought that you were in his back pocket, but now you're going to go to toe with Cyrus? Because he basically told Cyrus exactly what to do. Because he basically was like, you're not going to want to put your name on on that type of visa. Which, again, because that type of visa is saying, he's a criminal and I'm backing him. Right? So basically meaning if anything goes wrong, you're going to come after me. Basically all Cyrus did is go, okay, cool, well, I'm the second most powerful person in the entire country. We'll just give him a normal visa.
3: Um, You have to also remember with Harrison... He doesn't have many trump cards. He has Olivia, he has Huck, and some other people when he needs to like get inside dirt or whatever. But he doesn't really have as many um, uh, trump cards, and so he went to the one person who he think can help because Huck is Mister can fix things. He can swipe and wipe things off of the computer. So he
0: went to where
3: he thought that would fix the problem. You well, couldn't... I think
0: oh, I, he went to move. the right place. That it was, was just move. what he did after that that was a little bit wonky. Yeah, but I
1: did I did like the moment where he was like, we play on the same team, right? Like, I know I make fun of you and the super spies, but we play on the same team, right? You know I never ask you for favors. I need a favor now.
0: Well, if we're talking about super spies, mm-hmm. let's talk about Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> because... I've been predicting for a couple weeks now that something dramatic was going to happen with Quinn. I told you guys that if Huck keeps pushing her away, just like I said with Sally, she needs her voice to be heard because she needs attention. She, you basically gave this girl a set of tools that she has no clue how to work it. She can't even shoot a gun. Charlie comes on, walking in, giving her advice, nurturing, like patting her on the shoulder. I'm right here for you. Like I, I got all the tools you need. And at first, of course, she's gonna, she's gonna ignore it. And you saw she actually went to Huck another time, trying to ask for help. Tell me more about B 613 i don't have time for you okay
1: but this is, but the, go but
0: ahead
3: this,
1: go ahead if you
2: ask a man who uh, a couple like a m- couple months ago was sitting in the corner of the <laughs> office rocking back and forth saying Seven- 752 two. all day and night if you ask this man about the uh the the organization that pretty much caused him to be <laughs> in that state you really expect him to sit down over Starbucks and have a conversation with you? He did brush her off cold. He did like give her the boot. Like, yeah, no, I don't want to talk about it. But I'm—I I always feel like Quinn, she's she's an adult, and yes, they, he started her on this path. But now we got to babysit Quinn. If we got to babysit Quinn, let's stop at the store and get her some apple slices and a box of Capri Suns because (laughs) she's acting like a child. You know what I mean? Like, why we got to babysit you now? We can't let Quinn do nothing. You can't let Quinn do anything without risking her going off on a tangent. It's to the point where if Quinn goes to the bathroom alone, people are like, is Quinn in the bathroom doing something shady? I
3: have to. I'm going to defend Quinn just a little bit. Again, give her something to do. And. She was supposed to get coffee, and she was at a gun range. They got the Josie <laughs> campaign. Like, right, she was
2: supposed to get coffee. But she,
3: but she wasn't asked to be a part of the campaign, uh, so you can't blame man. her. But I I'll, I'll, I'll do say this. I think all of them, in regards to Huck's situation and what he's gone through, I don't feel any of the of the OPAs, including Olivia, are really cognizant of his feelings and what he's going through. they always going to him, asking him for things when they should really... I mean, I understand he's not a talkative person, but, like... Rather than ask for favors, sometimes, again, like I said last week, say hi, just sit by him, just do something because he really should not be working and doing what he's doing, especially what all he's gone through.
2: They don't talk to each other, though. I said that last week. They don't, unless it's like some little back and forth, you know, fun time banter a little bit, they really never ask each other What's going on? How's your day? Or, you know, what you do last night? Oh, you saw that movie. It was good. It's never any But if you that. think about
1: it, if you think about it, it's because Olivia's their parent. That's mm-hmm. true. And we found out, I mean, and we've always known that Olivia's mom died. But now, even out of Olivia's own mouth and the standpoint that she says, like, I'm unable to get close or attached to anyone because my mom's dead and my dad is the thing that goes bump in the night. So, if you think about it, everything feeds from there. She doesn't talk to them, so they don't talk to each other and they're all they, it's almost like they all have have attachment issues and they're all seeking love from Olivia, who's the one person who's not able to love them in that manner. So, I think they're just doing what that you know I learned it from watching you.
3: I've learned watching from all of you guys and the fans that iTunes is really, really important. And you guys have to make sure that you guys go to iTunes. You want to make sure that you rate, comment, and you tell a friend. And um, when you go to iTunes for um, the podcast for uh, Scandal and some of the other shows, please rate us. Give us five stars. Tell us what you think. And uh, tell a friend.
2: You know, real quick, though, with the Quinn asking Huck about B613 and now she, you know, is basically wants to get in that organization. I'm disappointed in Quinn not for the sake of what she's doing but it's kind of like if you see someone in your family on drugs and you see what the drug did to them and you see them relapsing and struggling with it and dealing with it and then you go and do the drug as well. Like, I'm disappointed that it's coming to the point where her fascination or her need will cause her to, to just go down that road. I, okay. I just, I'm i just disappointed. I'm, I'm
1: going to go in left field, and hopefully, you guys will, will, will follow me here for a second. Okay? So, look at Child Stars. Right. Child stars end up, not all of them, but a lot of them end up crazy on drugs, so forth and so on. That doesn't in any way slow the the number of parents who put their kids into commercials at an early age and wanted them to be child stars. Right. That's one. Two is look at sports, specifically football and what's going on in football right now. Right. There's a whole class action regarding concussions and all of the effects of basically the fact that when two men hit each other, it's more force than a Mack truck, right? And I love football. Is that going to stop the number of kids or the number of people who want to be football players? No. No. Arguably, it's the same thing because there's a drive. There's an allure. There's something about killers that we like, natural born killers, like any those types of movies are some of our favorite movies. Like, why do we have such uh, a fascination with mafia movies? Right. They're stone cold. Like Scarface is one of my favorite, favorite movies. Why? Because there's something there that we get to live out that we don't get to live out in our normal lives. Right. Because it's enticing. She's actually tasted a little bit of it. I don't think there's any going back. But it's different
2: Meek when
3: me you're me watching <laughs> <a speech.
1: laughs> But it's different when you're watching
2: somebody else do it from afar but when it's your family. That's like how a lot of but kids again, have alcoholic parents. But, alcohol, but what so? happens,
1: but the exact opposite also happens. I mean, sure. not to bring in normal conversation, but again, Lamar Odom, oh. doesn't his his dad have a problem? Yep. And that's well, what he always talks we always talked about. It there. No, do you know, but sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the first thing that came to mind. Because again, I think the problem is, again, mm-hmm. it's closeness. It's closeness to your parent. And Huck is her parent. So she needs in order to get close to him, she feels like she has to be like him and go through what he goes through and see through his eyes. That's why she Always asking him, What is it like? And then because she, that's intimacy and she, connectivity. And
3: can also just jump on board. Um, also with children, sometimes children keep doing things until someone finally says something. Let's talk about when Quinn called out Olivia and Ooh. and her and her relationship with the president. <sighs> like a child. Children have really when they um when when um when family, when there's, when there's guests and there's company at the house, <laughs> sometimes children want to do things to get attention. And <laughs> what Qu- <laughs> what Quinn did when she called out to live was she should have got slapped. Just wick up. She should have just got slapped like a, yeah, that was.
1: Oh, you brilliant, brilliant point, Bam. And this goes to the fact of the whole parent analogy that the way that you show love to your children is you give them boundaries. Nobody is giving Quinn boundaries. And you're right. Mm-hmm. Olivia should've someone should have said something which shows I love you. Right? I'm not saying this smack her, mm-hmm. but at least give her a timeout. Yeah. You know hey, what but I mean? they put her on punishment and she bought a gun. Right, mm-hmm. but they but that wasn't good enough. And yeah. your parents should know that. Your parent think about it. Your parent would have known. My mom would have known mm-hmm. if she told me to go to my room and I snuck out. Oh, please believe the minute I open the window, she's gonna be on a lawn chair on the other side, like Yo, you think I didn't know what you were gonna do? So this is my question. So now we have we have to
2: someone has to babysit Quinn,
3: Charlie.
2: You know what I'm saying? Like I get but, I get all this, but,
1: but we have to watch her.
3: Well, but, but what if, but but if, what, if
1: her, but what if she wants to be three? What you know what I mean? Because she, she's was, the one asking. she was. She, she was.
0: She said, "Is there any way for you to be go through B six thirteen and come out normal? Mm-hmm. Look at Jake. He looks pretty yeah. normal. Like she's trying to figure right. it out, and now she has Charlie, <laughs> and we see that Charlie's working with Rowan. Yeah." But Aka that, Eli Pope, but that's
3: okay. also again when you are neglected. It's the whole theory of when you don't have the 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 parenting at home. You go to the streets and then you become a gang member. Quinn is doing exactly nice.
1: that. Now, she has,
0: now, <laughs> now she has she's doing it, But
1: at least she's doing it with open eyes. Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk about not having parenting at home because we were introduced <laughs> to um, Olivia's mom this episode, mm-hmm. Candy Alexander, who I didn't know was going to happen so soon because usually when they release like who the casting mm-hmm. is, it's weeks from now, but we find out earlier on Hollywood Reporter or whatever mm-hmm. like that. But she was in the very beginning of the episode and um, the last thing she said before she left, uh, she gave her a hug and she said, I love you, baby. But
3: you could tell by the way she said goodbye and her whole disposition as she was getting ready she you knew something was going on you totally knew
2: mhm i agree she hugged her and said you know like it was an embrace it was a goodbye for like for good
0: so what you guys are alluding to is that you think she's still alive mm-hmm.
2: i do i don't think she got on that flight but we could talk about that and predictions
0: yeah either she, yeah well, so we... Oh, no, we... I mean, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're going to bring I that later. I think our boot playing a joke on <laughs> us. <sighs> but <laughs> <laughs> we're not done quite yet. <sighs> but, um, so, yeah, we see that, um... That the plane crashed, and in this episode, we have Olivia dealing with Fitz, and the whole dialogue between Olivia and Fitz when she came to the office originally, I think I wrote it down on my very first page. It was just a nice little banter that going there, Um, because she says, first she says she wants to have the room, and Fitz says, you know, I want to start over, and Olivia starts questioning Fitz immediately, and he said, this isn't you talking, this is your boyfriend Jake talking.
3: Yeah.
0: And that, I mean, it's kind of the truth, that's where she got the information (laughs) from, but then it was when... He kept saying, I don't know what you're talking about. And then she said, you're lying. He said, like, you did for Defiance. <laughs> it's
2: true. You lied. She lied. Yeah. Like, we...
0: their relationship, like, uh, they're not, of course, they're not completely open. They choose to reveal certain information when they want to reveal it. Like, they, just like um Olivia had that Chinese wall with, uh what's his name? put Edi- pop Edison. <laughs> she, whether she wants to believe it or not, she has that Chinese wall with uh, Fitz, too, to a certain extent. And if you want to expand on what you were saying before we even got into the room, Olivia, despite what she thinks, has a completely different relationship with Fitz than she does, or than he does with Melly, But I don't think she...
1: Because basically, I think that, you know, towards the end of the episode, she basically and, and alludes to the fact that she doesn't know him, right? And it goes back, arguably, to the other woman in season two, where Olivia and basically talks about all of the moments that you didn't have right that you don't get to fight about the dishes not not being washed that you don't get a fight about the dirty laundry there's an intimacy in that part of a relationship because that's really when you're vulnerable and that's really when you talk about your fears right it seems as if all that that Olivia and Fitz have done is talk about their dreams right as well as they talk about their campaigns but talking about what you're afraid of is is that to me is where you're vulnerable because you're showing your ugly side. All they saw was like, ooh, hot and heavy, I'm now the president and I'm the, you know, the head of your campaign and now I'm the, you know, the head of communications. But there was no, there was no tension, there was no ugliness. And no, when there was ugliness, that's when they broke up. They're never able to actually see each other. Every time he says, you know, I killed Sally. Or not to kill Sally, but I killed the judge. She's like, oh, my God. Every time they have an ugly moment where they could grow, they step further away from one another. And I think that's why he basically goes in and he says, I'd forgive you for anything. Mm -hmm. And she just walks away. Because in a... in his own way, his reaction to the fact that it was her mother, that was him telling her. But at the end of the day, he's still the president of the United States of America. And she sometimes flips and flops. And he says, regarding you and me, I'm as open as I can be. But you're not talking to me, Fitz. You're talking to me as the president of the United States of America, the commander in chief of the United States of America. So when I tell you I don't know what I'm talking about, what you're talking about, I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Honestly, I don't even think she should have let him in the door. I think that should have been one of those situations. Where she opened the door. Are you going to answer my questions? Because we know Fitz is a smooth talker. <laughs> and he is a player. He'll go up there, try to get Olivia to, you know, I'm so I'm so sorry for what, Yeah, I understand you're trying to find out this information. Like, he'll put in that deep voice and he'll try to smooth talk her. And, like, I thought he was going to possibly do it when she said it was my mother. And not to say that's not going to happen in the future, because I think it still will, because we know most likely Olivia and Fitz is in game. So something's going to happen where either Fitz wasn't completely involved and she's going to figure it out. Let's talk about, though, Olivia and Rowan because she called him trying to find out more information because you saw she's going through this struggle. She's drinking her wine. She's watching the footage of when the plane crashed. She calls her father and she says, what was the last thing you said to her? And he said, I said, I love you. I kissed her on the cheek. But it was Olivia's question. I, I think he was lying. Of course. It was Olivia's question right after when she said, and did you? He didn't respond to that. He said, oh, Olivia, why are you calling?
3: Well, because he he only allowed her to ask one question. No, this was
0: before that, though. This is before that. Yeah, was before that, that. So my thing, it reminds me of uh, the whole, remember when Huck and his little love thing were together a couple of seasons ago? Or two se- last season, and they were laying down. He said, "So you know, now that we're together. What's your real name?" And or even no, he said, "What interests you, or what gets you excited?" In the car, and she just starts kissing him instead of revealing information. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of that same situation. He said, "She said, and did you?" It's a simple yes or no question. Yes, of course I loved your mother, but no. He said, "Olivia, why are you calling?" And then they go into. Uh, she said, "I have so many questions," and then she says, well, I'm afraid you'll kill my friends." Which is <laughs> true, but funny. So he says, "So let's change the topic. You know, have small talk about other things." And then he said, "I'll give you one question." her question was did you give the order to shoot my mother's plane down he said no then she starts to ask did Fitz shoot and he cuts her off and he says it's best to leave the past in the past
2: there's a certain level of coldness that you have to have to hold his position
0: are you saying he's the cold piece of the week
2: he's cold piece of the season (laughs) but in this let me think about it and I'll say you know later who I I think is cold piece of the week but to hold that position you have to have a, a certain level of coldness you have to be able to separate your family, your personal life, from what you do on, on a day-to-day basis, your business life. Hence, what he tried to do with Hug, with Jake. He tells them they can't have a family. Get rid of them. When he was interacting with Olivia, to me, that to him, that was normal. He's like, Olivia, what do you want? Do I love your mother? He's like, mm. Like, you know, that, to him, he has that separation. It's a clear Chinese wall, as Olivia would say. So... I get that she was drunk, but I wasn't surprised that he didn't have, didn't have much to give her.
0: Yeah, because, I don't know what she went in there expecting.
2: Yeah, at some point, a lot of times when people get to, they've been doing that, they've been cold for so long, they don't even know how to give. And he seems like the way he shows his love or his support or his concern for her, it seems like he doesn't know what we think is traditionally loving someone is. That's his version of of showing her who he is. And, and I mean, I don't know. She, I don't think she expected any answers from him. I, I hope think,
3: not. I think the way Olivia went about this was totally wrong. And maybe because this deals, so this deals, per, this deals with her personally, with her mom and, and so much. But she was completely off her game. And I think if she would have, well, not, if she would have maybe came at Fitz maybe a little bit different, maybe I don't think he would have revealed the information, but I I don't think he would have been as cold. But I think she was just off.
2: I'm surprised she even said, sorry Sophia. No, go ahead. I'm surprised she even said that her mother was on the plane. Because me, Olivia, a couple seasons ago would have just held it inside and would have just insinuated that somehow this plane crash hurt me. But when she said my mother was on the plane, that took me by surprise because I wasn't expecting her to reveal it. I thought I was expecting her to just act like he was supposed to know.
3: No, I I thought she revealed that information in hopes that she could possibly like if you love me, then you will tell me. And that's how I took it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No. I, 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 um, yeah. The funny thing is I actually um, feel the exact opposite. I don't think Olivia was off her game at all regarding this because I think that for once, I think she was, for the, the most part, she was actually just leading off of emotion. I think she's very strategic. I think she literally was like, oh, my God, who are the only two people who know the answer? My dad. And if I ask him, he's going to kill people. And Fitz, who's the man that I love, so he's going to be honest with me, right? Mm-hmm. She goes, he's not. She's like, okay, right? Obviously, he comes back, he doubles back around. And at first, she doesn't. So I do agree with Camelia in the same point that I wasn't sure if she was going to reveal that it's her mom. So she was making it a white hat situation, like 329 people were died, 329 people died. That's where I think she was a little naive, but not off her game, because she's not talking... As Olivia Pope, she's talking as Olivia, who lost her mom, and potentially the man that she loves killed her mom. Mm -hmm. So she's basically just saying 329 people died, 329 people died, because in her mind, that's how she gets through life. It's just thinking 329 people died. It's only when she thinks her mother died that now she can't deal. So that last moment, I think she lets it out. I think it was a, a, it was her being vulnerable. And I thought that for that split second, the way his face reacted, again, that would possibly, and I'm talking out of the other side of my mouth, been a moment for them to have gotten closer. Right? Because she actually showed and she exposed herself in a way that she didn't because she normally doesn't. She's normally so together. Yeah. But she basically was like, my mom was on the plane. So now please answer me. Right? Not as... The commander in chief. I'm actually now in my house, not at the White House, talking to you as Fitz. So as Fitz, you should answer me.
0: And you came to me.
1: Exactly. But how did he respond? He responded as the president. You can't come in my house and be the president. This is my house.
0: Well, the final thing. Do you think it was odd that Fitz had security detail on Jake? Because remember, we were wondering who was following him. Keep going. No, I was just saying we were wondering who was following him this whole time, and we thought we could trust this Kate girl, when clearly we couldn't because she had a gun in her purse instead of the file that she was supposed to be getting for him. And then uh, this guy comes and shoots her, and then we find out later in the episode that Fitz had security de- detail, but he said, "I'm not helping you anymore."
2: I didn't think I- it was that.
0: At first, I thought that it was um, that it was Rowan
3: because he had the file with her um, with the little red uh, attached to it, so I almost thought that it was him. Who had well? Do you killed. think Fitz
0: and Rowan? Well, Fitz and Rowan are they working together to get no, Jake? No, but
1: it's Rowan. No. It's Rowan, Cyrus, Fitz.
0: Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I think it's the think three about of it. Them.
1: Cyrus is the one. Do you know what I mean? He's a liaison
0: Cause, between cause Fitz, Rowan and Fitz.
1: Fitz goes. Olivia knows, right? Cyrus then goes to Rowan, tells him, right, and then of course, like literally, if Jake dies, Fitz knows that Olivia is going to be like, "You kill Jake." Do you know what I mean? So I think they're all doing it to protect. Because at the end of the day, and not to remember, didn't didn't Fitz say something to Cyrus? Like, no, Cyrus is, um, Jake is Navy. Like, he served with me. Like, he's a good soldier. He's not going to tell. And think about it. Now, he saved Jake. So Jake is going to be conflicted. Yeah.
2: And Fitz seems to feel bad about his feelings, his split feelings for Jake. On one end, he, you know, Jake was there for him back in the day. They have a history, but on the other end, he's sleeping with his, 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 his girlfriend. Well, not yet, but they've had a past. So when he had the detail on him and he, you know, in the old office, he said, I, you know, I, I covered your ass pretty much. But then on the other side, his jealousy came out and he pretty much was like, you're on your own in the back of his mind because you're dealing with my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. So, Fitz has his own struggles with the situation. I genuinely do think, though, he wanted to protect Jake. I don't think he wants him to be hurt at, at all.
3: I think Jake was off his game by um he was more so thinking about Olivia versus thinking about the, the, the bigger picture. By having that girl get information on something. First of all, who is she? Um And the 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 backstory of 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 what's going on to try to get that information. Did you think it was going to be that easy and that you would just get the information, then boom, you go and tell Olivia and then you save your girl?
1: Yeah, wow. and in a dark alley.
0: Exactly yeah. right. But let's continue this conversation online, guys, as always. For the most part, these guys will continue the conversation. I need to <laughs> I need to start joining the conversation. Tell but the um, <laughs> you can still tag me in the tweets and I will read them. Um, but let's go into news and gossip. <laughs> After Buzz TV News. All right, guys. So um, the news before we found out that she was in this episode, Candy Alexander has been cast as Olivia's mom. And we will we expect to see much more of her in this episode. So far, so good. I mean, it's a short scene, but looks good. Um, and then also... Tonight, Columbus Short, right, will be on Kimmel. It's probably airing right now, but you can probably see it on YouTube tomorrow or the Jimmy Kimmel website. And finally, you know, Cornelia is a comedian. So uh Carrie Washington was on SNL. It had record ratings for the whole season. It was the highest rated um, episode this season, I think, since the Justin Timberlake episode. So we want to get um, Cornelia's take on what she thinks about the SNL episode of Carrie Washington. I
2: think she did a great job. I mean, usually when there's a guest on, sometimes they have writers come in and tailor it to the guest's, you know, specific personality or style. So it seemed like they got the right people around to write the good, you know, the best sketches for her. She was even in the digital shorts. I think there was probably only one sketch that she wasn't in, if that. So I think she did an awesome job. I think it sets the tone for the need for another actress of color on the cast. And especially with the ratings and everybody watching to see what was going to happen. I think at this point, it's going to happen. Whether it be mid-season or next season, I think this, I think her being on there put the wheels in motion even more. And, I, you know, I had I enjoyed watching it. I stayed up for it.
3: And it also... It- if you watch the the ratings for next week who's ever the guest if the ratings go down then that should tell the um, that should tell the the network and that SNL that you maybe need to put some more people of color on there if the ratings uh, go down
1: also also I think that that the larger issue is and correct me if I'm wrong right but SNL for the most part is a skit slash impression show right? So you're doing a skit or impression on pop culture stories in America, right? We have a very diverse plethora of stories going on, right? So that goes across the color lines in terms of of, of ethnicity, nationality, um, uh, gender, the, you, you see where I'm going with it? Mm-hmm. And so I think that her episode highlighted that because there were certain characters that are very much in pop culture. Oprah, Michelle, uh, Michelle Obama, the first lady, so forth and so on, that have not been adequately shown because there was not a representation, mm-hmm. representative, right? So it goes for everything. So in the next couple, in the upcoming, um, uh, presidential campaigns, Again, we're gonna probably see more diversity on on the Republican side. They're gonna to need to match that, right? So I think they're not being forward-thinking, and I don't know if this is true, and I don't mean no I don't mean any disrespect. That's probably why their numbers are down. And we were talking offline the difference between SNL and mad TV, where mad TV had a lot of diversity across, right? You need to be able to do everyone from Kerry Washington to Jennifer Hudson if you're doing a spoof. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Or you know, you need to do everything from sci. Like, do you know what I mean? And again, I think we need to make sure that when we're talking diversity, that we're not just talking about a bipolar diversity. That we're talking about the the okay. the entire mosaic or patchwork of America. And exactly, I think that Carrie did an amazing job. Um, and I think the the fact that she was in so many skits showed a need, and that people continued to watch and the Twitter sphere and so forth and so on. I think it lays a great groundwork.
0: I completely agree. So let's go into our prediction. Um, my first prediction, based on how I feel, is that um, I'm gonna sleep very well tonight. Um, (laughs) but my second prediction, like I've been saying every week, something big is gonna happen with Quinn. Um, now, especially that she's gonna have Charlie as her mentor and as, uh, what's his name? Eli Pope put you know we need to make sure it's flower blossoms so Charlie's going to be there to make sure that flower blossoms and that's a bad thing and like we see um, in the next episode we see that Olivia's saying you know I'm surrounded by killers so maybe she's going to find out next episode what's going on with Quinn um, correct me if I'm wrong but did we see a little bit of Melly in bed with we um, doing something adulterous in the preview that was over my head if I saw no, I, I, I,
2: it I need to
0: rewatch it because I think maybe uh, I need to I'm
1: like watch out now
0: well anyway I predict something's going to happen with Melly soon because you know Melly is focused on taking action to make sure Fitz gets reelected um, and if that means taking Sally down by... but that wouldn't help her no, no. though
2: but you can have it to I dangle saw something, you have, a dangled, you have a i saw bead.
0: something in that preview i'm about to go rewind it in a minute we got okay we got dvr i'm about to check it out go ahead
2: i predict like i always say that this whole flight getting shot down thing i think the flight did get shot down but the way olivia's mom hugged olivia i don't think that olivia's mom was on that flight now like even if everyone died i don't think she was on that flight I think that Rowan doesn't realize that she wasn't on that flight. I think he thinks she was, and based on who you you kind of pick up a pointer or two based on who your husband or your wife is, and the fact that Rowan was her her husband, she probably learned a good amount of, of things enough to know how to disappear for good. She might have been she might have been low key a spy. We never know what what she was doing, but I don't. Again, I'm sticking with. She wasn't on the flight at all. I don't think she was on it at
1: all. Um, this is not going to make sense. But I think, slightly piggybacking on what Camelia said, but I actually think that Rowan didn't order it. And the reason being is, unless those were crocodile tears in preparation for his daughter coming home, mm-hmm. he actually looked like he was crying. Number one. Number two, when Olivia asked, did you love her? I think that the reason he came so hard is because it did hit him. And I think he did love her. And I think that, again, every time that they've had discussions about her mom, the the way he punched. And again, that, to me, that's a, from a place of love. Like, if you don't love someone, you're like, yeah, yeah, you always talk about your mom like that. It's because she's dead. Do you know what I mean? There's no energy behind it. But when there's energy behind it, that's because you still care for someone. And you lost something. He acts like a man who's lost something. And I think that's part of the reason. It's not just because of his alter ego. I think that's part of the reason he's unable to connect with his daughter. It's because he also lost his wife. I'm still figuring it out. But yeah, I don't think he ordered it.
3: That's a good point. I do feel like his tears were fake, but I do think that you make a great point that he actually did love her. And, and your, uh, I like your theory. I'm just excited that there's so much story that's going on. You have Sally and what she's doing. You have the whole Quinn and Charlie thing and who knows what's going to happen with that. Mm-hmm. I think I think um, with with Quinn and Charlie coming together is going to force Huck to have to go back to his to his. Uh, evil ways and (laughs) he probably will have to defend Quinn. Um, I noticed that there was a hashtag of Mama Pope so I think there's going to be a lot more that we're going to see of of her mom and I'm happy about the Harrison uh, Cyrus as well and so I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that. I think we're going to see more scenes with Harrison and Cyrus together which I think is really cool so I don't have a prediction but I'm just glad that there's more stories that's going on besides the whole Alitz
0: so, all right. Well, where can we find you guys on social media? You can find me at
3: Bi- um, Bi- uh, Bam Erickson. <laughs> I was gonna say Bi- Bam Erickson or Big Six
0: Entertainment.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Sophia Stanley, at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Cornelia.
0: At Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, um, Emil Ennis Jr., and on YouTube at Chasing LA. Guys, thank you again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed our after show. Make sure you tune in here next week, same time, same place. And as always, be sure to go to iTunes and YouTube, rate, comment, like, subscribe. Have a great night or day whenever you're watching. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network.